Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will Good evening. Welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags, and joining me as always is Dane, and we are live here on Instagram, uh, also on our Facebook and YouTube feeds. Uh, so thanks so much for those of you joining us here live this evening. Looking forward to talking about this week's game. Uh, looking ahead, Kansas City Chiefs visiting Lambeau Field for Sunday Night Football. And um, also, Packers coming off a big win last Thursday. Dane, we haven't had an opportunity to get on and talk about that game since it happened uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so this is a big week for the Packers. Believe it or not, we've won three out of the last four games, five and six, right on the cuffs of the playoff picture. And so an opportunity to get back to 500, first of all, and, and with a win, uh, really, I think announce ourselves right in the thick of the playoff picture for a wild card spot. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, post Thanksgiving, happy holidays, Wags, and everybody else. And how about it? Packers getting hot at the right time. Um, it's it's fun to watch a couple couple wins in a row. We've been watching the um, the uh, the playoff possibilities uh, percentages go up slightly at times, but we're hovering around 40 something percent at this point. And I'm just, I'm excited about it. It's fun to watch this team um, start to start to grow and start to build. And Wags, we're starting to see these young guys come together on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has played well enough and, and it made some really big stops and some big turnovers and important moments. And Wags, so if the chief, here, here's the deal. This is how I'm looking at it. If um, two weeks ago against the Chargers was the home kind of like coming out party of like, hey, we can do this. And then last week on national TV against a really good Detroit Lions team, we went, oh, man, they can do it twice in a row. What the heck happens if the Packers can win three straight against the Chiefs on Sunday night football? Right. I mean, this is a I'm not going into this game going, uh oh, I'm going into this game going, what an opportunity for a young team to start to establish themselves and show that they can win and win in bunches in the national football league. So I'm hyped for Sunday night to see if Jordan love and company and this defense can keep it going for another week at Lambeau field. Yeah. And before we look ahead to the chiefs, uh, Dean, I think we should take a little bit of a victory lap, you and I, because we, you know, the Packers made us look good, but I think we made the Packers look good in some respects in our, uh, our, our prediction and our podcast going into last week. Um, a number of things, right? Uh, X factors, both of the, our offensive X factors, Dane, both your and my X factors. Scored a touchdown in the first quarter. So I think that's the first time that's ever happened in the uh, history of Lombardi's Legends podcast. And frankly, um, the odds of that happening for any uh, podcast or pregame show, I would say, are pretty pretty low uh, to have both your X-Factors score a touchdown in the first quarter. So that was pretty cool. Um, so take a lap on that one. Dane, your defensive mm-hmm. X-Factor, Carl Brooks, comes up with a huge strip sack. Uh, and that, that was a big play and a big moment in this game. And, uh, then oddly enough, I predicted exactly 29 points for the Packers and a win. So, um, I, I, it's not like we're going to claim that we are Nostradamus, uh, here, uh, in, in terms of our predictions, but 
certainly good reason to continue listening to us uh, for folks that have been with us for a while uh, or for those of you that are new. Um, not to overly pat ourselves on the back, but it seems like we're pretty dialed in with what this team's doing right now, Dan. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. We we were like, you know, it's funny because, you know, I got so caught up, Wags, in the moment, that first touchdown, I'm just hyped. And, and the throw, Jordan Love to Jaden Reed was just like on a rope. And you, and you love your boy, Jaden Reed. And then that, that second touchdown, you know, back to back touchdowns on the first, first quarter. And it's craft. And you're the, actually, you texted me, you said, Hey, it's our, both of our, our X factors. I was like, that's right. <laughs> I kind of lost my mind for a second. Um, yeah, it was a, what a, a great way to do it. Really proud of them. And, uh, and it's exciting legs, right? Because we both are picking. Um, young rookie guys on that offense uh, as our, our Leap Spirits X-Factors, and they go out and they take care of business. So, um, yeah, we're dialed in. We're in Fuego with this Packers team right now, and I'm hoping that we can stack on that with another one this week. And maybe, our you know, stick around, folks. We're going to be doing our Leap, X, uh, Leap Spirits X-Factors near the end of this podcast. You might want to stay along and tune in for that part because – after last week, I'm feeling like we might, uh, much like the Packers, be building on ourselves here and stacking success. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, Jaden Reed might be off the table for me this week with the injury that he's battling. So maybe that's a good segue to jump into our preview of the Chiefs game uh, with the injury period. It's uh, a mile long. Uh, it seems to be typical for the Packers. However, more guys practicing than not. So, I, I, Dane, I think this is good news. Not a surprise Aaron Jones has not been practicing so far this week. Um, I think this was expected to be at least a couple of weeks to a, maybe a three- or four-week injury. Um, one thing I was thinking about when it comes to Aaron Jones, um, he was not put on the IR. So, yes, that means that probably the Packers are thinking it's a four-week or less injury. That doesn't guarantee that he doesn't miss three or four games, but it's still an advantage to not IR him, Dane, because then they don't have to have him in a practice window. He's still able to get out there and potentially practice on a limited basis as early as, you know, tomorrow or next week. Um, versus if he was on the IR, uh, he would not be practicing for four weeks. So then there would be another ramp up process. Um, and realistically, uh, just because they're designated to return after four games. Usually we see players miss at least one, if not two games in that 21 day ramp up window. So uh, I think we should be prepared for Aaron Jones. I'm hoping and crossing my fingers that this is, he just misses two weeks and he's back. Um, but uh, this could also be more of a ramp up management process where they're looking at it like on the off chance he is able to practice before four weeks. Uh, this gives him an opportunity to start ramping up sooner. Um, and, uh, that would get him out on the field faster than if they had IR'd him, uh, with a four week designation to return. So, um, we'll keep an eye on that, but I think it's very unlikely that Aaron Jones is out there this week. Uh, the good news is, is our secondary seems to have some guys coming back. Uh, Darnell mm -hmm. Savage, um, was practicing on a limited basis last week. And uh, he's been a full participant so far this week. So I fully expect him to be activated this week. And it's actually going to be kind of an interesting question um, at safety, Dane. So let's start there because I want to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. Coming into this season, that seemed to be a weak point of this defense. But one guy after another has played really well. Donnell Savage, you know, played pretty good football uh, overall before he got hurt. 
Um, Rudy Ford is, you could argue, been one of our more consistent defensive players all season. He's been a little bit dinged up of late, but it looks like he might be back out there this week. And then Jonathan Owens, frankly, played one of the best defensive uh, uh, games of anyone all season last Thursday against the Lions. So suddenly uh, a position that seems like was a, a little bit of a weakness for the Packers coming into the season uh, has a, a real competition for who's going to be out there on Sunday. Um, so certainly guys coming back from injury, but uh, then in the case of Jonathan Owens, stepped up in a big way the last couple of weeks. So what is your read on this, Dane, and, and how are the Packers going to play this out? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to predict, to be honest with you, and I can't believe we're in this position. I thought we might be playing some musical chairs this year based on low performance, and it's it's kind of the inverse right now. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, Wags, but, you know, there's kind of twofold, but really... I'd like to see maybe the Packers work Savage back in slowly um, and maybe give him some series. And I say that because the Packers have proven, at least along the offensive line, they have no problem rotating guys in on a rotation lately. Heck, even the right guard position has been a rotation. I know it's a different position group, um, but... You know, I, Savage coming back from a calf, it's kind of that soft tissue injury. I wouldn't be against kind of working him in on some series um, and then kind of moving him around the field a little bit and, and trying to be creative in, in kind of getting him back out there. But I say that because Rudy Ford has been so darn consistent. I, I would hate to see him off the field um, coming back. And, and, and Jonathan Owens, you mentioned, I don't know how the Packers can say, hey, Jonathan, thanks for being the leading tackler the last couple of weeks, sticking your nose in a ton of plays. And by the way, you know, picking up a fumble for a touchdown, you're going back to the bench. Like, I don't see how the Packers can do that right now with that. So I wouldn't mind seeing maybe a rotation um, to, to start. And then the Packers can maybe work with the hot hand, but, but I don't need just because Savage can go, uh, on, um, on Sunday doesn't mean he needs to get the full repertoire wags. And in fact, after coming back, being on the IR, you mentioned kind of that ramp up period coming back from the IR. Um, it does take a few weeks to be kind of back in that, that quote unquote football shape. So I wouldn't mind seeing him get an assortment of reps, but maybe not his entire, you know, the entire thing. And we can kind of play it by ear from there and kind of just go with the best, our best two that are available. And in dime, they're probably all playing anyway. Yeah. I, is this kind of a week? You, you, the main guy the Packers are going to be concerned about, um, as far as the Chiefs passing attack is going to be Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So could this be a week that, you know, you look at Savage and, and you saying not trying to give him too many snaps if he's ready to go, but maybe just make his assignment simple in, in the respect of not covering Travis Kelsey, because that's a very hard thing to do, but simple in the respect that that's his main objective, where he's just kind of following Travis Kelsey around, and he's not playing, you know, different looks, different coverages. Um, I'm not sure what exactly the Packers are going to do to try to scheme up and slow down and cover Travis Kelsey. But what we've been seeing from a lot of other teams uh, against the Chiefs is they've been draping Travis Kelsey with multiple guys underneath and over the top. And so maybe um, Darnell Savage for a, a chunk of snaps, whatever number he can get out there, he's that underneath guy on, on Travis Kelsey. He can get under him a little bit. Um, he's not, he shouldn't get, get beat, um, you know, off the line of scrimmage or, or, or it beat objectively um, 
uh, in coverage around the line of scrimmage. You should be able to keep up to him pretty well. I know from a physical standpoint, you're missing a, a little bit there. If the Chiefs want to try to press and, and run in some of those situations. Uh, but depending on the personnel groupings that the Chiefs have out there offensively, I think you can, you know, limit or keep the certain, the number of snaps that you're planning to have Savage out there limited, but make his assignment very low complexity. That doesn't make the job any easier, Dane, I will grant you. Uh, but perhaps that's a really effective way to ease him back in so that he's not trying to like get up to speed on all of the different coverages and looks that the Packers have been trying to throw out there. Um, and, and that's more a Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford who've been out on the field a lot more uh, of late. So, um, just a thought. I don't know if that's actually going to be what we'll see or what will happen, but I tend to agree with you that I don't think it would make sense to try to rush to get Darnell Savage, who quite frankly wasn't exactly running away, uh, with right. uh, leading that safety group to begin with out there and immediately starting and, and getting a full complement of snaps, uh, playing that deep safety look uh, that he's traditionally been out there. Well, that's the thing, right? Is yeah, Savage has been a long time starter, but you're you're right, right? It's not like we're talking about a Jair Alexander where he, he comes back and he's just he's the guy. Um, and I, I think that that's a really valid and valuable way to maybe look at him as he can kind of be. I don't want to say the secret weapon against somebody like a Travis Kelsey, but he can be one of the components that we can throw at Kelsey. Um, you know, kind of trying to get him at the line, hit him at the line of scrimmage a little bit, jam him at the line of scrimmage. And also, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of bodies on Kelsey. And for good reason, when you look at this Chiefs offense, wide receivers, they haven't been quite as consistent as we've seen in some of these past years. They've had a fair number of drops. Uh, they haven't really had one guy step up and blow up. Um, Rasheed Rice, the second round pick last week, had 100 yards receiving, but Wags, I think it's been almost a year, maybe over a year since they, since they had a 100 yard wide receiver. Um, obviously Kelsey excluding from that as the tight end, but a uh, hundred yard wide receiver. It's been a long time up until last week. Um, so really, yes, they've got guys that can beat you at the wide receiver group and they're, they've got some guys that are, you know, burners that can be dangerous, but really end of the day, it's the Travis Kelsey show. And of course the Mahomes show uh, for this chief's offense. So the more bodies we can throw at Kelsey, um, the better. And I think that that's a really nice start and, and an assortment of DBs coming back and being healthy, especially at that safety group will do nothing but benefit the Packers. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about Jair Alexander, it sounds like he's had two consecutive days of some of his best practices in quite some time. So he seems to be ramping up and uh, positioned to potentially return on Sunday night as well, which would be welcome news. Um, certainly, uh, Valentine has played really well um, ever since we traded Razul Douglas. He started, been in that starting role, and um, and, and Corey Valentine has stepped in, and, and I think he's been solid. Uh, that said, uh, it's clear that the last couple of weeks, teams have been trying to attack Corey Ballantyne, and that's the guy that they're going after. So uh, with all respect to him, and I think he's really embraced that me next man up mentality, and he hasn't done anything that's really handcuffed this defense mm -hmm. at all. Uh, so I don't want this to come across as, as anything but uh, uh, positive. Uh, that being said, they're going to choose to attack someone. And if you go from Corey Ballantyne to Jair Alexander, that's one less guy. Now you got to move 
move on and try to figure out, okay, well, who's the next guy uh, down the line that we can potentially try to attack in this Packers defense? And uh, you said the Chiefs wide receivers, highly inconsistent. Now, Patrick Mahomes is good enough to find anyone, whether it's the number one receiver or the number five receiver out there on the football field. So you got to cover a lot of ground, and it's really more about number 15 for the Chiefs than it is necessarily about these receivers. Um, that being said, I, I like my chances a lot better uh, with uh, uh, Donald Savage being able to come back from injury in whatever role he might be able to give us, uh, Rudy Ford. Uh, potentially coming back from injury, uh, and hopefully being fully healthy and able to go, uh, his full complement of snaps this week. And then, uh, potentially Jair Alexander coming back because as much as we've held up on the back end, and I've been extremely impressed with what those, those guys have done the last couple of games, they far exceeded any expectations I had, Dane. Uh, particularly when you look at the offenses and quarterbacks that we've faced the last two games, uh, I, I'm, they're going to maintain. We feel a lot better if we get three of those guys back that are going to be starters uh, and potentially be able to get out there on the football field on Sunday night. Good point, man. Good point. And Wags, I got to ask right away. So, you know, we look at this injury report, right? And we're, and we're looking across the board and I just, I keep kind of looking at the Chiefs and I look at this Chiefs offense because that's, that's the engine for this team. Um, how the heck do you stop somebody like Patrick Mahomes week to week? And, and, and for four quarters at Lambeau. I mean, he's, he, he's such an electric player. And, and, you know, yes, we get this assortment of players back and, and yes, it's Kelsey and it's the wide receivers, but, you know, what do the Green Bay Packers defense do? They've been doing some things really well. I think as of late, they, they were able to get a lot of turnovers against Denver or excuse me, Denver against Detroit last week. Um, that, that, you know, made for some, some great football, but, Looking at the Chiefs, who last week we mentioned the offense has kind of been uneven. I think, um, you know, they, they, they've had some trouble in the second half scoring points, I think, at certain points this year from what I've been seeing. Um, they, they also, you know, last week they didn't turn the ball over, but they've had some turnover issues. What does this Packers defense do or what do you do? Or, you know, how do you see this Packers defense with the, the tools that we have approaching and attacking uh, this, this Andy Reid offense with Patrick Mahomes at the helm? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think it starts with what we talked about last week, which is the guys up front on the defensive line and, and on the edge. Are they able to apply pressure? And that doesn't necessarily mean sacks every other uh, pass situation. Chiefs have protected Patrick Mahomes extremely well. He's the least sacked quarterback in the entire league. Part of that is Patrick is just amazing in his ability to um, be off schedule. He scrambles well. Um, he is able to elude pressure extremely well. His arm angles are such that you can be taking him down and he'll still be able to uncork one and uh, make an amazing uh, pass completion. So you never really have Patrick down until you have him down. Um, but if you're able to get his timing disrupted even just a little bit, and Packers defense was able to do, I think, their best game of the year of that last uh, game against Detroit um, with an offensive line that, frankly, has uh, been touted as one of the top five offensive lines in the league. And uh, we dominated uh, that uh, uh, offensive line pretty much for four quarters. So um, if, if there's more of that, 
that's that's what's going to force those turnovers. That's what's going to force um, some disruptions from the Chiefs. That's what's going to force Patrick Mahomes to not be able to make some of those off-schedule throws when he and his receiving core aren't on the same page and uh, the Packers don't have to cover for six, seven, eight seconds while Patrick runs around and, and, and finds someone at the last second. Um, so it's not an easy job by any means. Uh, but this Chiefs offense, they, they, they've been still a, an effective offense, but they haven't played anywhere near the level that uh, we traditionally consider a Chiefs offense over the last three, four, five seasons. So it's it's not an impossible ask for the Packers defense, the way that they've been playing, particularly with some of those guys we talked about uh, potentially being healthy and coming back in the secondary uh, to be able to cause some disruptions. Um, so certainly uh, I don't expect to get tons of uh, turnovers every week. I don't expect Rashawn Gary to get three sacks every week, Dane. Uh, but it, it, it's a it's a team effort, and if we are able to maintain the level of, of pressures uh, that we did last week against Jared Goff and the Lions, um, Patrick Mahomes is a heck of a quarterback. He's still going to make a ton of plays. He's going to get his. But if we can force him into just a couple uh, of mistakes, that could be the real real turning point or the real opportunity mm-hmm. uh, for the Packers to be able to strike and uh, take advantage and potentially flip this game in their favor. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing about Mahomes and, and what drives me nuts and I think every opposing team nuts with him is, yes, you taught Wags. I thought you hit it on the head that the arm angles, the 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 talent, um, he's, he's, in my opinion, the best player in football. He's just ridiculous. Re- ridiculous um, at quarterback, but it's his ability to extend plays and his ability to scramble. And, and the more time he has, the more deadly he is on the run. He's kind of a magician out there. He'll do some of those plays where you're like, how the heck did he just complete that pass? Um, one thing that I've, I've noticed that, that he's had a little bit of trouble with this year is at times um, his reads, he's been kind of finding the wrong receiver in certain times. So all the things you're saying are accurate um, and, and it is about a collective about this Packers defense getting after the quarterback, getting in his face early and often. I think it's going to be, you mentioned the offensive line for the Chiefs has been really, really strong. I think this year for Mahomes. So it's going to start up front yet again. And, and it's, it, you know, we talk about Kenny Clark all the time. We need another guy to step up in the pass rush game as, as a, as a defensive lineman. I thought last week, Carl Brooks did a great job. We need Devontae Wyatt. To, to do it this week, Wax. We need somebody else to do it. And same with pass rushing. Rashawn Gary is kind of that consistent force for this defense. And I expect him to show up, show out huge at Lambeau Field yet again. But who else, right? Who's going to be that other guy that's going to be able to step up and, and bring a consistent pass rush and, and show up in an important moment to help win this football game? Because um, this is, yes, it's um, individuals need to make plays, but uh, or excuse me, the, the team's going to have to make plays. It's a team game, but we need to see some individual defenders not named Rashawn Gary, right? Not named Kenny Clark along that front seven that can maybe just have a breakout game and make some plays there. So that's what I'm going to be circling this week, Wags, is is who can turn it up that extra notch and and, and show up and make some plays and, and, and really get after the quarterback. And, and I'm talking more in that front seven. I trust the guys in the back end. It's all about getting after him because if, if Mahomes has time to throw, I don't care if we have, you know, 
six Jair Alexanders out there. He's going to complete passes. That's just how this league is, especially with somebody as skilled as Mahomes. We've got to get to the quarterback. Um, and it's not going to happen every time, but that's when Mahomes starts to try to be a magician. And most of the time he's successful, but that's when that ball can get turned over as well. And I think that if the Packers can win the turnover battle, they win this football game. Yeah. And Dane, I think, you know, stopping Mahomes is probably not feasible. You can try to slow him down a little bit. You mentioned the receivers have been pretty inconsistent with some drop passes. So to me, getting them in third down is huge because uh, if they're, if they just make some unforced mistakes too. So it's just as much about the Packers forcing the issue with the, that pressure and maybe taking advantage of some opportunities for some turnovers. Uh, but the Chiefs have shot themselves in the foot an awful lot this season. So what can we do to slow them down and get them into more third down and long? Well, that's to focus on taking away the run. Um, and the Chiefs running the ball have been okay, but not spectacular. So um, Packers defensively have been better. Uh, the last, uh, four to six games against the run, not perfect. Uh, but this is, uh, the type of week that maybe you just lean into what the Chiefs weakness is or perceive less of a strength on the offensive side of the ball. And that's running the ball. Um, and really focus on taking that away. Um, put some, puts a little bit of faith in that secondary that's getting healthier. Um, we've talked about this as a, a potential way that this could be a defensive identity for the Packers. And then let's get after it. Uh, uh, stay in your lanes, but let's get after it in those third down situations. Force the Chiefs to make plays. Uh, and some of these receivers were well acquainted, uh, with the uh, MVS, uh, Kadarius Tony drops passes. He's, uh, you know, Rasheed Rice, uh, seems to have, uh, as a second year receiver splashes that he's been really good, but he'll drop the ball. Um, I haven't, watch a ton of the Chiefs this year, but probably more than than other teams in the NFL. And Dane, uh, it seems like every week I'm seeing drop passes from some of these Chiefs wide receivers. Uh, And if you're a Chiefs fan, you've got to be very, very frustrated by that. But if you're a Packer fan this week, you're hoping that the Chiefs are in third down situations when they make some of those unforced errors. And that's how you get them the heck off the field uh, in, in, in situations where they've got to punt the ball. So um, it, it's not probably all going to be about Packers being able to force the issue as much as it is to force the situations in which the Chiefs, quite honestly, have not executed all that well. And um, so let's try to get them into as many of those situations as possible. And, and maybe that means focusing on, well, we're not going to probably stop Patrick Mahomes, but could we stop that Chiefs run game and force them into more of those situations? Yeah, no, and just there's no lead safe with this Chiefs offense. That's for sure. Mahomes has, has had a ton of comebacks, but I think that's a, a very solid game plan. Is there anything else defensively for the Packers you want to look at before we switch over to the offensive side? Dane, did we talk enough about Rashawn Gary? I, I think oh we got to give him his no. flowers after that game this week. So I'll give you the floor. And yeah. what can he do to stack that and like in terms of make another impact this week? Because he almost single-handedly just led that Packers defense as, as well as everyone on that defense played against Detroit. That was the type of game that we knew Rashawn Gary was capable of. We were just waiting for that to happen where he became a single-handed game record on the defensive side of the ball. So 
I, I, without putting undue or unreasonable expectations on Rashawn Gary, how can he continue to consistently uh, be able to be disruptive um, and stay hot uh, in terms of what he's able to do on the defensive side? Yeah, I mean, Wag, so first of all, I mean, for those that weren't aware, I mean, to set the stage a year ago from that game, roughly, that's where he tore his ACL, was in Detroit on that field. So for him to come back and come roaring back the way that he did um, like that was just, you know, extra special, I think, to, to for, for him as a man. Um, anybody who saw post-game, he got the game ball on the defensive side from Coach LaFleur. Um, LaFleur gave him the ball and Rashawn Gary, you know, in tears says, and I, I, I quote, but with, with, um, you know, PG, I'm tired of crying in front of all of you, MFers. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it was awesome, right? Moment for Rashawn and, and who better, right? One of the hardest working dudes out there when the Packers uh, extended him that contract earlier this year, there was no doubt that that wasn't like, okay, I'm set. That's Rashawn Gary saying, okay, now I got to live up to this contract, right? He's got that mentality and that mindset of, I want to be the best. Um, and so, so going into this week, I'm not sure if it's as much about Rashawn Gary as it is about some of the guys around him. If I'm being totally honest with you, um, I think that the coaching staff could do him some service moving him around on the field. I thought they did a good job with that last week, continuing to kind of move him at different spots on the field at different points in the game, different down and distance. Um, also rotating him out so he's fresh in some of those third down pass rushing opportunities. I think he can, he's a, he's a three down guy. But, you know, when you have what we think is a pretty deep edge group, he doesn't need to be out there every snap, right? So I think um, the, the coaching staff kind of um, strategically limiting his snaps in certain down and distance situations is really, really key. And it's been important uh, for him. Um, but then it is going to be his guys around him and that defensive line and some of those, those hand in the dirt guys. Can they take up two blocks? Can they become a problem and, and allowing Rashawn to really get after it? Because again, if somebody on the other side wags um, is having a heck of a day, wh- whether it's Lucas Van Ness or whether it's any Barre or, or, or Preston Smith or, you know, Brent Cox, um, if it's any of those guys having a day on the other end, that's going to shift focus away from Rashawn Gary. And that's where he's really going to be able to feast. So, um, you know, the, the more that the team can do around him, I think the more impactful, the better Rashawn's going to be not only this week, but going forward. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Dane. So, um, should we shift over to the Packers offense against this Chiefs defense? Um, yeah, we've got to start with Jordan Love. Uh, as much as we just gave Rashawn Gary his flowers, how about Jordan Love on national TV? Love we it. said before that game, Dane, we've got some injuries, uh, with obviously Aaron Jones, we knew was going to be out. This was a game that we knew we'd have to put up points against a, a really good Detroit team. Let's just be aggressive. Let's sling that ball around. And lo and behold, Matt LaFleur elects to receive the opening kick, and we come out slinging a 53-yard pass play to Christian Watson to get him involved at a huge play right off the bat. Packers score on their opening possession, and they mostly kept their foot to the pedal for the entire game. Certainly, Fourth quarter, maybe it was more managing the lead in, in some respects, mm-hmm. but I didn't think they did anything um, egregious uh, offensively in how they were trying to attack or play that game so uh, late in the game. But this is going to be another task. This is kind of a flipped uh, the script type thing with the identity of the Chiefs. 
It's been their defense that's really been carrying them most of the way this season. Really, really talented defense and uh, a defensive coordinator in, in Steve Bagnola that's, um, you know, one of the top defensive coordinators in the NFL has been for years and years. Um, and he gave Jordan Love a lot of trouble in the last matchup in his first NFL start, albeit in different circumstances two seasons ago. Uh, very, very aggressive, likes to blitz and, and really apply a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Um, seems to have a really good feel, uh, for game planning and, 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 and calling a, a real solid game and dialing up some of those pressures at opportune times from the Chiefs perspective. Uh, so as hard as it's going to be against Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense, this is a Chiefs defense that's quietly, uh, built up a lot of talent the last couple of seasons and has been really, really good so far this year. Um, and it starts, I think, uh, with, uh, their defensive line up front. Uh, but Dane, what, what, what stands out to you in this matchup and, and how can the Packers ensure that Jordan Love has the time that he needs to continue to be successful and to stay hot with the way that he's been playing the last few weeks? Yeah. So Jordan was asked uh, during, during some, some media availability this week, you know, have you watched the, uh, the 2021 game? Um, and, and he's like, or the, like recently, right? And he's like, no, they're like, how come? And, it, and he's like, I've seen it enough, right? I, I think this is a game that he's definitely watched a heck of a lot of times. And you're right. Spags gave him uh, fits all game long, but I'll tell you what. I also think that, you know, 2021 Jordan Love and 2023 Jordan Love are, you know, miles apart right now and how he's processing the field, how he's processing an NFL defense. Um, and it, it really does start because it starts with, can he get the ball out fast? What's the game plan this week? And I thought last week, Wags, we talked about, Hey, can, can Jordan, you know, can he come out and sling the ball? And I was really proud of us on that. As, as proud as I was of our, our nailing the, uh, the Leaf Spirits X factors last week, I was also really proud about, you know, we thought the game plan with, with Aaron Jones being down and, and, you know, so many injuries to the running back group put the ball in Jordan's hands and let, let's let it rip. And lo and behold, that's what they did this week. Wags, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, but I'd like to see a little bit more of it in, in, um, in, in, in shorter routes, in faster routes and, and not really relying on the offensive line uh, to, to, to hold up for those five, seven step drops as much. I'd love to see some three step drops, um, a lot of slants, um, a, a lot of like quick passes this week. Jordan Love has really been masterful the last few weeks in attacking the middle of the field. And, and that's something that we hadn't seen Aaron Rodgers do a lot. Uh, the, the last few years uh, of his career in Green Bay. And even in 2021, Wags, when I watched that game, it looked like Jordan was at times trying to go to the sideline a little much. It, was, it just, it was a different game plan. I think this week, with what we know Jordan can do and can do well. Um, he's going to have to get the ball out of his hands. He's going to have to get it out of it fast. These wide receivers are going to have to get open quick, Wags. Um, and that's going to be an absolute key for him. This is the Chiefs defense that loves to blitz. This is a Chiefs defense that loves to do some some fire zone blitz. They love to bring their nickel corner off the edge and, and, and then replace him with a defensive end dropping back. They do a lot of that kind of stuff. So this is going to be, I would say, and I'm not overstating. I think this is the most challenging defense Jordan's has faced so far this season, uh, only because they do bring a ton of heat. And he's going to have to prove this week, can he face the heat 
and, and get the ball out and make the right read quickly. And, and he's done a really good job the last few weeks, but this is, and I'm saying it again, this is an opportunity for him to show the league uh, and show opposing uh, teams and put it on tape that he's processing the field as fast the last couple of weeks as he has this week against the Chiefs defense. It's been really successful against really good quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's an interesting call out and, and potential adjustment to a game plan that's catered against how the Chiefs like to attack you defensively. So I, I like that, Dane. But now I'm going to throw it back from a personnel standpoint. If we're without Lucas Musgrave, we're without Aaron Jones, and potentially we're without Jaden Reed, who you could argue are three of the guys that are the most dangerous part of this Packer offense when you're talking about underneath or up the middle type throws. How are the Packers able to overcome that just simply from a personnel standpoint? Uh, we've seen Christian Watson get going a little bit. Romeo Dobbs has had his moments, especially in the red zone. Uh, but if those three guys are out, yeah, it's a next man up mentality. I get that. And we can talk about that. And technically, um, you, on paper, on the depth chart, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are still your top two wide receivers. Uh, but Dane, I ask you, what can we do? Um, to ensure that we're able to give those looks and be successful uh, without some of those core guys that have been such a big part uh, of what we want to do offensively, particularly with that type of game plan and, and that part of the field? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question. I'm not sure if I have a, a concrete answer. I will say um, I'm hopeful Jaden Reed is back uh, and playing again this week. I, I saw a quote, Wags, actually right before I came on um, that he said the, the only um, way his chest is going to get better is with rest. Uh, and he's been battling that since the Chargers game. So I'm in the back of my mind. I'm hopeful that if he was able to go last week on, on short notice against the, uh, the Lions, that he's going to be able to turn it around to play this week. But that remains to be seen. He didn't practice today. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm holding my breath on that point, but, um, Dontavian Wicks, uh, did, was not able to go last week, uh, with a concussion. He's able to come back. Um, so I think that that's a big first piece for this Packers. Uh, offense. He's been somebody that's been really, really good at, at his route running this year. He's been somebody that's been able to, to, to fight off the line of scrimmage against press coverage. Uh, and he's somebody that seems to have a really good feel and rapport for Jordan Love. So Wags, instantly, he's a huge upgrade. I think for, for this Packers offense, especially when we're talking about the short passing game, he's a, he's a tall enough wide receiver. He's athletic and he's shown the ability to break tackles after the catch. So I'm really, really leaning heavily uh, on, on that ability. And then Tucker Kraft, um, who I thought had a pretty nice performance, not even the touchdown, but just overall with this offense, he's going to have to come up big. I mean, they're throwing him into the fire, right? Musgrave was supposed to be the guy. This is the other rookie, had a nice outing last week, and he's he's shown a massive improvement. But, Wags, we need to see him have another big-time game and, and, and really, I think, become more of a, um, a focal point in the center of the field and kind of moving the chains and catching the ball and using his big body and his athleticism. I know that's a lot to ask of a, of a, a young tight end in this league against this defense, but it's, I think it's going to be um, a, a, a few variables happening with this offense, but it's going to be really up to this, uh, this wide receiver group to get off the line and, 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 you know, get open quickly. And, and really it's going to be Jordan Love. Can he process the play? Can he see where the blitz is coming from in, in an instant and make the correct read? And those are huge ifs, right? That is a really challenging thing. And I wish we had 
the, the full rapport. Now, if Jaden Reed does go, I feel a lot better about, about, um, this offense this week, especially with how active they are with the nickels, uh, the nickel corner coming in and blitzing. They do it at a very high rate. Um, I'd love to see Jaden Reed go match up with a, with an end or an outside linebacker. Then I think that we can eat their lunch. Uh, on that and really key in on some of that. But um, all that's to say, it's going to need to be a big week from somebody like a Dontavian Wicks, and we're going to need to see Christian Watson catch more contested passes. It's as simple and as difficult as that. Yeah. Um, I think one other guy to keep an eye on is Malik Heath. Uh, he's gotten a few more snaps and um, seems to be comfortable uh, with some of those underneath routes or over the middle. Uh, had a big catch last week on a, a nice comeback route over the middle. So um, preseason hero, uh, but it looks like he's been getting a few more snaps, so could potentially get a few more opportunities out there this week. One other thing I think that we could see, um, Jaden Reed has mostly taken over those end-around looks uh, that Christian Watson was getting last year. Uh, maybe that's another way to get Christian Watson a couple mm-hmm. additional touches this week is he can take that role back if Jaden Reed, even if he's able to go, if he's not a hundred percent, maybe uh the maybe game plan that in for Christian Watson to have those end around opportunities. Um and they haven't been super effective. They've been kind of hit or miss on that type of play. Uh but against a, a defense like the Chiefs that likes to attack upfield so aggressively you really want to be able to have some uh off some plays that are are going horizontal as well to stretch the field horizontally and at least keep them honest um if not off balance so uh, that could be another way that the packers are able to fill in and, and give give frankly christian Watson maybe a few additional touches and looks Wiggs, with, with how aggressive this Chiefs D is, I mean, could this be a week where, you know, unsuspectingly somebody like a, an AJ Dillon slips out of the backfield on some screens or some short yardage plays as well, or even, or a Patrick Taylor, right? Who plays a lot of third downs for this Packers team. Could the Packers also utilize some of that where this, this Chiefs defense pins their ears back, really wants to get after the quarterback. Maybe the Packers take care, uh, you know, take advantage of a hyped up defense on national TV, right? And, and can get a couple of those plays. And I know that's not going to sustain drives but could that be another wrinkle in this offense it could be um the one problem with that is chris jones um and you know we saw aaron donald kind of single-handedly wreck some of that uh, a few games ago and chris jones is i would say not from a career standpoint quite as dominant as aaron donald has been but he's a few years younger than donald at this point and frankly uh, is also a, a one-man wrecking crew in the middle of that defense. So uh, it sounds like a great idea, Dane, if you can pull it off. Um, but you kind of got to account for that guy, and he can blow stuff up in a hurry. Um, but, I, I, you know, if you get the right look and the right opportunity, by all means, um, certainly we didn't discuss this, but um, A.J. Dillon is, is, is fighting off a groin injury right now, didn't practice on Wednesday, was able to be out there in a limited participant, uh, today on Thursday. Um, so I'm expecting Jones will play this week, but he may not be 100% either. Um, 
that said, we're going to need him to tough it out and, and give us whatever he can. And if he can be part of the solution there, Dane, certainly we're going to try to do that. Um, looked really good on, uh, on at least one catch last week, uh, hurdling and having defenser, uh, bounce off of him and they're trying to tackle. Um, so if you can get AJ Dillon in the open field, he's quietly silenced a lot of doubters, uh, the, the last few, few games. Um, struggled a little bit to start the season, but he's been looking, you know, back to more of his old self, I'd say. I, I, I wouldn't say necessarily like a dominant RB1, um, but he's been a lot better. Um, one thing that's also quietly improved, and we've talked about this a little bit, this offensive line has been playing really well. Um, will they be able to hold up? As you said, you gotta, you can't rely on five, seven step drops against this Chiefs defense. They're sending more guys than we can block. Someone's going to get through uh, eventually. It's just, it's, it's just a fact of the matter. Um, but, um, is, is this interior offensive line up to the task? And, um, certainly I think Josh Myers has been another guy that's silenced a lot of critics, um, with his play the last few weeks. You and I included, included yeah. we're, we're very, really doubting what he was doing out there early in the season. Um, and he's gone out and, made his coaching staff look good for what seemed like some crazy comments at the time that he was playing some of his best football. Well, guess what? Josh Myers uh, has been playing some really good football uh, of late. And that's, I think, helped solidify uh, this offensive line and what they've been able to do in this last four or five games. So if they can continue to do that um, and and, uh, and keep the Chiefs from being able to blow things up, up the middle, particularly in past situations, uh, that's going to give Jordan Love in this offense a lot more opportunities to to get them some looks and and have some success uh, passing the football and have the time for some of those plays to develop. Is this the week that Sean Ryan gets a little extended look against um against this this front uh, for the Niners or for the Niners for the uh, for the Chiefs? Um, I, I ask because, you know, we've seen kind of this rotation or not kind of, we're absolutely seeing a rotation at left tackle. It seems like in every other series thing, Rashid Walker or Yash Nyman today, Senevich said, you know, that's not ideal, but it's held up so far and hopefully somebody seizes that job. Um, but, but with Sean Ryan Wags, he's somebody that, um, he's been like maybe one of my favorite stories of this entire season so far because, I mean, he was a third-round pick last year, so maligned, right? Um, all year he had the suspension and, and a lot of fans, there was talk he wasn't going to make it out of camp, right? That was not assured. Um, all he's done in his opportunities this year has been just be, he's been tremendous in, in these short looks. It seems like the last couple of times he's been out there for a series, this Packers offense hasn't missed a beat and has in fact scored touchdowns with him. And he's a really, really been strong against the run or in the run game as well as the pass game. So, um, I, I ask all of this way, so I bring this up because you mentioned Chris Jones and how how strong he is. Could we see a bit more of a rotation this week at right guard as well, more than a series or two? Or do you think that the Packers are going to continue to really run with Runyon and maybe Ryan gets a series or maybe two this week? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, Sean Ryan, they're not just putting him in and getting giving him uh, reps and, and snaps out there just for the heck of it, Dane. Uh, clearly, they're not going to, there's intentionality behind that. And he's looked pretty darn good in his opportunities. And John Runyon, 
has, I, I think, kind of slid over into the scapegoat category as far as our offensive line is concerned and an overall performance. John Runyon's been pretty solid uh, in pass protection. In his run blocking, it's not been tremendous uh, or up to par for, for I'm sure what here at the Packers would, would be hoping for. Um, it's an interesting balance. Is John Runyon the guy for this season? Maybe still he is. I don't know. Good question. Is he beyond this season? That's probably looking less likely, uh, I think, at this point. So, but that said, Packers now, you know, and they haven't ever been out of the business of winning football games. So you got to put your best players out on the field, regardless of what, what happens in the off season. Um, but Sean Ryan has looked good in his reps, could look good in his opportunities. So no, it would not be crazy to me, uh, if he continues to get some run and if John Ryan continues to struggle a, a little bit, particularly in, in run blocking, um, that could be an evolving situation, much like what you said has happened at left tackle. And I know that the Packers offensive coaching staff would like one guy to step up and, and, and win at left tackle. I'm sure they would like John Ryan to, to solidify and, and raise his level of performance. But if he doesn't and Sean Ryan continues to look pretty good, if he's, uh, gonna prove that he's deserved more snaps. I think they're gonna continue to put him out there. Um, if they've been willing to do it already, I don't see any reason why they won't continue to be willing to do so. Is this the oddest situation? I mean, going into this year, man, like we talked, the offensive line was the, the strong point of this offense, right? And then the first few weeks after week one, we were like, what's going on with this old line? They were in disarray. Holes everywhere. Now, I mean, I, I can't recall in the NFL like a straight up uh, timeshare at left tackle where it's worked and it's working and, 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 and a, not a timeshare guard, but just the way it's been with these rotations and this offensive line injuries happen a ton, but these guys, it's about continuity, right? The best offensive lines is dudes play together. They trust each other. It's, it's the feel. Somehow they're making it work right now. And this is the offensive line I think we were hoping for early in the year. I don't understand it entirely, but it's not broken. So, like, I don't want to fix it too much. And I don't know what else to say other than, like, I had to verbalize it because it's so wild to me that somehow this, like, you know, chewing gum offensive line that's sticking together is working well right now. It's been really, really cool to see. And and lo and behold... Jordan Love gets extra time and he's deadly. We said it earlier this season when he was struggling. He didn't have time. He was running around. He's having time to throw and make decisions and he's been making defenses pay. Well, you know, one thing that we have to acknowledge that under Coach LaFleur and as long as Adam Stenovich has been around both as offensive line coach and now as offensive coordinator, they have seemed to have good offensive line play. And there's been seasons where they've been decimated by injury and they've been able to figure this out. So I don't think we should be surprised that they were able to figure some things out, considering we thought that they would have a, a, a real strength up front. Now, certainly part of that was potentially having a full season of David Bakhtiari, although I don't know if any of us were really confident that was going to happen. Um, nonetheless, um, that was a hurdle. Uh, that this offensive line had to deal with. I, I am sure in many respects, um, Rashid Walker was someone that 
obviously they would have preferred to continue to have more time to develop. I'm still not quite sure I understand what happened with putting Rashid out there um, early in the season instead of Yash Nyman, who has played a lot more football. Um, but that's another story for another day. Uh, the fact of the matter is, to your point and observation, we've gotten some pretty darn good offensive line play. I would like to see our run blocking be a little bit better, but frankly, that's never really been a strength of the offensive line the last few seasons. Um, they've always been more effective in terms of their overall performance as pass protectors than they have uh, in run blocking. Uh, but Sean Ryan is a guy that I think it brings a little bit of that nastiness in the run blocking game. I think Josh Nyman uh, kind of brings a little bit of that nastiness in the run blocking game. So maybe having those two guys out there can start to open some things up a little bit more in this run game uh, when they do want to try to pound the football and um, pick up some yardage on the ground. So, uh, you know, it's it's six one way, half a dozen the other in some respects. Rasheed Walker's been really good. Uh, you could argue he's had some some of his best uh, performances here the last few weeks as well. Um, and John Runyon has played some really good football in his time as a Green Bay Packer. Um, so I don't want to discount what he's uh, capable of doing out there in the football field. He's a guy that we've really liked. Over the last few seasons, um, he just hasn't quite probably played up to the level that we would be hoping for uh, at this point in his career in Green Bay, quite frankly. So um, if that means getting another guy out there and Sean Ryan, that could start to open some things up and and that transition happens now instead of in the offseason. Um, it's good information to have either way um, for the Packers. And as long as they're out there still competing and winning football games, um, I'm all for it. So uh, whatever is puts them in the best position to be successful now and down the road, let's, let's do it. Let's get those guys out there that uh, can put us in the best position to have success. Wags, I think it's about time. We pick out some um, Leap Spirits X Factors of the Week. Um, I, you're on a roll tonight, man. Oh, I love it. And Wag, for those watching on video, we got we got the bottle. Is that signed by the man himself, Leroy Butler? Yes, um, we've got a bottle of Leap Vodka here, and it's a little pixelated because I've got my background, virtual background, but I'm holding it up to the camera here. Signed by NFL and Packer Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. So thank you, Leroy. Thank you, Leap Spirits. And, uh, of course, tonight's episode, as always, brought to you by Leap Vodka. Um, and our X Factors segment brought to you by Leap Vodka. So Dane, let's kick things off, shall we? And, um, let's, let's start on the defensive side of the ball for X Factors this week. Um, I'm just going to lead things off. I really think that we're going to get a Jair Alexander return this week. And why not call that an X factor? Because Jair Alexander, he's had some up and down, I think, this season. Obviously, he's been hurt much of this season. Um, played perhaps his best game of the season before he got hurt again a couple of weeks ago. But this is a game that we could really use him out there on the field. Struggles or not from the Chiefs wide receiver group. And so this could be a, a real difference. Is Jair Alexander able to play close to, if not all the way to the level that we would expect him to be able to? That could take this defense to another level. 
and potentially make a huge difference against a very, very effective and strong Chiefs offense this week. Um, if not, it's going to be a tough, tough day. I'm not saying the defense can't overcome if Jair, uh, Jair is not able to be out there or if he's not at 100% or he's not able to play um, as many snaps as we'd hope. Uh, but th- that could be a real difference maker in terms of how effective we're able to be in slowing down this Chiefs offense. And so for that reason, even though he's technically on paper one of the best players on this Packers defense, if not the best player when he's at his best, um, I'm going to name Jair Alexander as my defensive X factor this week. It's a great, I, I, I really like that selection. Um, and it's kind of wild. We talk, we've been talking about the tight end group and, or, you know, Kelsey, not the group, Kelsey, um, and how he's the threat. But it's so funny that you picked Jair Alexander. I'm actually going to pick a corner as well, but I'm going to pick Carrington Valentine. Um, and, and for that reason, because I think the Packers are going to put a ton of um, emphasis on Kelsey. And, and you know, and that's a tough lift even with all the emphasis. But that means our DBs are probably going to be out there on an island a little bit more. And this is a, this is a Chiefs offense and wide receiver group that um, they like to take shots, right? They've got MVS, they've got, they've got Rice, they've got, um, you know, they've got guys that they can take shots with. So we're going to need sound football from our corners. And if Jair goes, maybe especially Wags, then somebody like Carrington Valentine, they're going to go after him. Um, so I, I would love to see a, another good week out of Carrington. I think that he's had some really nice weeks for this Packer defense. Uh, he's not playing like a rookie at all. He's got a short memory. He's aggressive. Um, he plays with a ton of confidence, which I love to see. Um, so for all those reasons, though, Wags, it's a big week and a big, big chance for Carrington Valentine to, to really help establish himself uh, as, as a, is a, is a big time guy for this defense. And this is a defense that's played um, well, with him out there as a starting corner, Eric Stokes slowly coming back potentially this year um, from IR. So why not Carrington Valentine get out there, make some big plays? So Valentine, opposite of Jair Alexander, is going to be my leap spirits expectations this week. Wonderful. Dane, on the offensive side of the ball, I am going to go with Patrick Taylor as my X Factor this week. A um, couple reasons. Going back to week three against the Saints. With Aaron Jones out, Patrick Taylor got a, a ton of snaps, uh, particularly in third downs. He got some targets in the pass game, wasn't quite able to connect on a, a couple of opportunities. Uh, uh, could have had a touchdown if he and Jordan had uh, connected uh, in, the, I think, late in third quarter, early fourth quarter. Um, Saints, defensively, do a lot of same things that Chiefs like to do. Uh, really talented up front on the defensive line. Uh, really like to pressure um, and, and give you a lot of pressure looks. And I think Patrick Taylor is the best running back the Packers have, um, irrespective of whether Aaron Jones is healthy or not, specifically as a protection uh, back in some of those past situations. Um, he's an extremely effective pass blocker um, and can be that last line of defense. And that could be invaluable. Uh, uh, this week against the Chiefs. And I think he could sneak out and, and get a few check down opportunities. And depending on, uh, how aggressive the Chiefs are, if we're able to connect on those, could pick up some, some big chunk yardage in some of those situations. So, um, I know Patrick Taylor doesn't get a, a lot of attention sometimes for what he does. He's not going to get 
um, at least to this point in his Packer career, the lion's share of the carries in any given week. But I think he could be in line, uh, especially with A.J. Dillon a little bit dinged up to get more snaps this week, um, not only just because of A.J. Dillon being a little bit dinged up, but because of just the game plan and kind of how this Chiefs defense, we expect them to want to try to attack the Packers. Uh, I think Patrick Taylor could be the most effective running back in some of those uh, personnel packages and some of those looks uh, to give some additional protection. And he could sneaky uh, get a few additional targets uh, and have some nice opportunities to, to make some junk yards and some impact plays in this game. So I'm going to go with Patrick Taylor as my Leap vodka X factor on the offensive side this week. That's what what a um, NFL's a weird beast, isn't it? Um, three weeks ago, Patrick, longtime Packer, um, gets um, released, um, and, and then two weeks ago, he's on what the the Patriots practice squad, uh, watching the Packer game, and some injuries happen, gets a call back, and uh, now all of a sudden, dude, uh, you know, plays ball on Thanksgiving and shows a ton of snaps for this Packers offense, and now he's our leap spirits uh, vodka. Uh, X Factor this week on offense. It's, it's kind of awesome. And we love Patrick. So I would love to see a big week from Patrick, wouldn't you? Not only as a guy, but he's put in the work. It'd be really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Believe it or not, Dane, we're going into week 13. So he was released by the Packers after week three. Um, so it's been a minute, but certainly, obviously, he landed on the practice squad in New England and, and was ready, uh, when the Packers called him back. And, and now he's going to be on the 53. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the 53 for the rest of this season. Yeah. Dane, who do you have, who do you have as your offensive X factor? You know, I, I've kind of gone between a couple guys in my head, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with um, somebody you actually mentioned at the wide receiver position. I'm going to go with Malik Heath who I thought had a really good performance on Thanksgiving Day. He's a big receiver, Wags. There's a lot of impact um, plays or, or possibilities out of a guy like him, not only in the run game, but also the pass game as a wide receiver. Um, you know, he's shown the availability and the interest in throwing his body around for some blocking, but but he also can some, catch some balls. In the last couple of weeks, he had his first NFL catch just a couple of weeks ago. Um, but Wags, with, with maybe the Packers needing to throw the ball a little bit more, maybe Malik Heath is somebody that could step up, use that big body um, on some of these quick slant routes and some other plays and find the soft spot in the defense. I really like how aggressive he is. So why not, man? Let's let's go with somebody um, that that has an ability and, and showed up last week, Malik Heath. Maybe you know this is another big chance for him to get out there and get some snaps. He did it last week. Let's do it again. I love it, Dane. And um, I, I, a non-player X factor. I, I I don't follow her uh, closely, but I hear Taylor Swift still on tour. So if she's not making an appearance at Lambeau on Sunday night. Maybe that's an X factor too. I don't know. Uh, it no. seems, it seems like, uh, uh, Kelsey seems to play better, uh, this season when she's in the stadium. So, uh, Taylor, if you want to continue to focus on, on your music career and your tour for at least another week, you know, go for it. Um, uh, we can, uh, you know, have you visit. We'll give you the gold. Uh, glove treatment. If you want to visit Lambo in the off season, uh, whatever you want to do, but, uh, why don't you just be, a, a an, an X factor in the Packers favor 
uh, stay the heck out of Green Bay this week. I, I know there's going to be a lot of Swifties that are probably going to be after me for that comment. But you know what? So be it. I want the Packers to win. And it seems like uh, that's that's an X factor in their favor. So, Dane, what say you? Well, Wags, I can't believe we're uh, over an hour into our podcast and we finally mentioned uh, Taylor Swift with the Chiefs coming to Lambeau. It's actually pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's really surprising, isn't it? Uh, I think the fact that I'm the one that brought her up is the more shocking thing, Dane. I'm but, surprised, um, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get into score predictions. Dane, I'm going to let you lead things off on the score predictions this week. Yeah, um, Packers are going to win 33-31. I don't know how they're getting 33. It's a weird number, but they're going to put up a ton of points uh, against the Chiefs. It's going to be wild. I think that they're going to win the turnover battle yet again. Um, it might be a couple missed extra points, which get the Packers to 33. Um, but I think that this Packers, uh, this Packers offense is humming. And I think that this is uh, a true statement opportunity for them. The Chiefs are going to put up some points as well, but the Packers are just going to come out and play ball. Jordan Love's going to deal. Uh, that's my extremely bold prediction. I don't care. Packers 33, Chiefs 31, Packers win three straight. All right. Uh, Dane, you're encroaching on my weird score uh, territory. I I don't know if I like that very much, but I guess I'll allow it since you picked the Packers to win. Uh, You continue to be aggressive with the number of points that you're expecting the Packers to score. They finally got to 29 last week, so that was was a step in progress. And we Uh, said last week was... The magic number last week that we provided in our podcast, go back and listen, folks, was 28. We said that the Packers needed to score more than 28 to win the game, and they scored 29. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, I predicted 29. And frankly, not to compete with you, but I think 29 is a much weirder number to predict than 33. Um, But I digress. I don't have either team scoring in the 30s, Day, And I think this is going to be more of a defensive battle than what you do. I, I am going to have the Packers winning, but I've got the Packers 23, the Chiefs 21 in a battle on Sunday night football. Um, and frankly, I've got Anders Carlson redeeming himself, uh, getting three field goals on Monday night, uh, and uh, the Packers doing just enough to come away with the victory. Uh, this Packer defense has been really good. This Chiefs defense has been really good. So uh, despite tradition of, of both of these franchises being amazing offensively and and a casual fan might expect a shootout and maybe you'll be right dane i'm not calling you a casual fan but maybe you'll be right this week in terms of a shootout uh, i i think this is going to be a, a little bit more defensive than that so i've got in the low 20s same margin of victory for the packers two points um they're a six and a half point underdog as of right now uh as we speak but i'm gonna have the packers coming away with the win but um, 10 points less for both teams, 23-21 Packers. This is fun. Man, this was a ton of fun tonight. John's got him 31-17 in our chat. I see, man, uh, Kevin earlier was talking about Simone Biles and Taylor Swift and Jackson Mahomes. Man, the Chiefs have a lot of stuff going on, don't they? There's a lot of extra <laughs> with the Chiefs, I'm realizing. We never hear about these types of uh They do. I don't know if Kevin, what type of podcast he thinks we have, if this is like you know, uh, a non-football podcast. Kevin, we love you. Thank you for listening. But, um, man, I, I mean, uh, that's that's out of my comfort zone and in terms of all of those subjects. So, Kevin, I think you can lead the way on those discussions, but we'll just do the best to, to li- listen and cheer on. Um, frankly, I like that, Dane. Packers are focused on football. 
I don't know. The Chiefs still seem to be doing awful well. They're first in the AFC West, uh, eight and three coming in. This is going to be a tall task, but um, I think Packers, just like against the Lions, I said uh, the Lions were due maybe for a loss. I think the Chiefs might be due for a loss, and maybe that happens this Sunday night. Packers protecting home turf at Lambeau Field. Let's get back to 500. Uh, that would be four wins in five games. Solidly, potentially, in the playoff picture. We're right outside of it now. Um, but if uh, Seahawks lose tonight to the Cowboys, a win on Sunday, and the Packers uh, don't look now, uh, they could be in that uh, six or seven seed range. The Vikings uh, have a bye week this week. Um, so every game in the NFL uh, is is uh, you can't take for granted. But certainly if the Packers continue to stay hot uh, here, uh, and I would point out, Dane, Matt LaFleur in December, all the dude does is win football games. So why end that now? Um, let's go out and win a, a big game on Sunday night. Man, and everybody's agreeing. Adam, uh, what's up, Adam, on Insta Live? Appreciate you, brother. As always, 27-24, go Pack Go. I mean, this is... I like this confidence of this Packer group and of the folks that are tuning in tonight. Let's let's have some fun wags. I'm pumped for this one. Sunday night football. There's nothing like it. Lambeau Field at night. Would love to see Jordan and company take care of business. All right. I love it. Well, um, I think this is as good a stopping point as any. Folks, thanks so much for listening in. For those of you joined live, for those of you listening later, we appreciate you listening, mm-hmm. sharing uh, with a friend as always. Be legendary and go Pack Go. go. Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck Only thing I will say